ignite your passion for God and for His work. Listen to Bishop Edwin Morgan Ogo, the resident pastor of the Lighthouse Chapel International, Oyibi Cathedral. He comes your way on this podcast with the creative force of God's Word. Bishop Ogo also pastors the Flaming Fire Service, a vibrant youth service with energetic young people who are ablaze for the Lord. He is also the evangelist of the Greater Love Gospel Crusade, a unique outreach program that ministers the soul-saving love of Jesus Christ to a hurting world through music, dance, and the life-giving Word of God. Now, listen to Bishop Edwin Ogo. Will we dance? Yes. You're sure? It's powerful. Wow. Powerful. I thought you would get up now. By now, you'll be getting up to be moving your body. Move it. Move it. Move it. We have one session before we break, okay? Would have made 
stop till you're down in a kibon. Do the work of God. Don't stop till you're down in a kibon. Do the work of God. Don't stop till you're down in a kibon. Do the work of God. Don't stop till you're down in a kibon. Do the work of God. Don't stop till you're down in a kibon. Do the work of God. Don't stop till you're down in a kibon. Do the work of God. Don't stop till you're down in a kibon. Do the work of God. Hey! Can we do a simple dance? Shoulder to the Lord this morning. Come on, check. Hi. All right. Healing when the Spirit comes. Wonders when the Spirit moves. Yeah, flowing. It's a simple dance, come on. Let's go, keep on. To the work of God. Don't stop till it. Let's go, keep on. To the work of God. Don't stop working, keep on. To the work of God. Don't stop till you're done enough. Keep on. Yeah. Don't stop preaching, keep on. Yeah. Don't stop preaching, keep on. Yeah. Oh, oh say, keep on. Keep on. Keep on, keep on, keep on sharing. Hey, keep on with the counseling. Yeah. Hey, keep on, keep on. Hey, 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 keep on. of you will give your all. Come on. All right.
turn around And you turn my life all around You gave your life to set me free And so I serve you for the rest of my days Oh, 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 oh. My Lord and my Wow. Will you serve the Lord with everything that you are? 
give the Lord a louder hand clap. Hallelujah. Wow. You may be seated, please. Please, those who are out there, please come closer. Come closer, please. We'll get a break shortly and then you'll be able to buy something. I know some of you are hungry. Don't worry, we'll have a break shortly. Amen. Amen. Are we ready? Amen. Are people outside? Is there anybody mobilizing them, please? All right. Well, we want to go on to the next session. This next session, I want to talk about the ideal lay worker. Hallelujah. The ideal lay worker. It's from this book, Lycos, Lay People and the Ministry. Chapter number eight, the ideal lay worker. The ideal lay worker. Okay. Now, when you look in Proverbs chapter 31, verse 29, the Bible says that, you know, they're talking about the virtuous woman. Say that many, many, many people have done well, but he excelled them all. You see, uh-huh. Proverbs 31, verse 29. Many, many do. See, when you talk about ideal, you're talking about the, the what we call the quintessential. Or the example setter. The one, Ram Duke, it's good to see you. The one who excels them all. That you should be, when, when they say, um, say ashes, everybody thinks about you. Man, that's the type of ash I would like to be like. The best example. Do you get the point? So we call it quintessential or the prototype or the ideal. So it's an aspiration it's a reference point. May you become a reference point. May when people want to be something, they see that example is a living example. All right. So that's what we want to. When we talk about soccer, people talk about the best example as who? Ronaldo or Messi? Which one? Messi or Ronaldo? Which ones are Messi? It's always a confusion. Depending on where you're coming from. <laughs> Some people say a Samoan. <laughs> you see. You don't appreciate your own. <laughs> but yeah, when it comes to basketball, it's LeBron James. You see? Uh-huh. So that's the example. When it comes to lay in this church, you know, I mean, when, when I look at ashes, lay ashes, I think of Uncle Philip. Uncle Philip. I don't know, many of you don't know him. Gray hair. He's almost 80 years old. He's actually 80. Kodesh. He's consistent. He's always there. He does it very well. Yeah. Now, the ideal lay worker, anything that you're doing, there are some features that make you ideal, that make you a good example of that thing that you're doing. The first one is the ideal lay worker should be a volunteer. A volunteer. Please, the people that are at the back, can you come forward? You're too far, unless you're pregnant and you have to wee-wee every five minutes. You see? Otherwise, come closer a little bit. I know there's social distance, but there are a lot of seats also. There's so many seats up front. You see, when you're at the back, especially the people at the back, please try and come forward. There are so many seats here. Okay. The last few seats, if you are not pregnant or you don't have um, you know, please come. Show them. Show them. There are so many seats up front here.
All right. Now, so the ideal lay worker, number one, is a volunteer. Now, you see, the lay work that we... Okay. They keep moving. All right. You move from there, but you want to sit at the back. Again, back to back. All right. I think that we can settle. You move from the back to the back, left back. All right. Not a problem. All right. So the ideal lay worker is a volunteer. Listen, um, this work that we do, we are volunteers. And it's a beautiful thing because when you are a volunteer, what you're doing is that you're volunteering your service, services. You see, the people that left us, these boys that are putting things on the Facebook and things, one of the foundations that they are destroying is the, is the foundation of volunteering. People doing the work of the Lord without charging anything. And even lay people have joined them saying that we should have been paid from the day that we started working. Look at that. But the Lord does not look at things that way. There's a reason why the Lord, he, the 11 tribes, he made just one tribe, which is the Levites, the people that are paid. And all the 11 tribes said, no, don't pay. You work and support the ministry. You work and do the work. That is the, the wilderness church, the structure, the oppression. He said, 11, can you imagine? One out of 11 were full time. That's the reason why our church is about 95% lay. 95% volunteer. A volunteer is somebody who does the thing without charge. The Bible says in the book of Hebrews chapter 6 and verse number 10. It says, God is not unrighteous to forget your work and your labor of love which you have shown towards his name. In that you have ministered to the saints and you continue to minister. Do you get the point? The thing that the Lord does not forget is your labor of love. Yours is a labor of love. You know, when I get to my workplace, when I work, they give me dollars. But when I come to the house of the Lord, I do it out of my love. The Lord says that one, he does not forget. It is labor, but you do it out of love. You charge nothing. It is my love for you. I'm doing it because I love you. Jesus, I love you. How do I know? Well, I want to work for you for free. I am a volunteer. I do it out of my love for you. Yeah. There are a lot of things that I do for my wife. I've charged nothing. Zero. I've even given me three boys. No charge. Thank you. No charge. Because it's out of love. It's a labor of love. Do you get the point? So, it's labor of love that we're talking about. It is born... Look, the purest form of ministry is love. 
The reason why I don't charge my wife or my children anything, because everything I'm doing, and I'm doing it out of love. You don't need to charge me. I don't bring a bill. I don't bring a bill. And the greatest thing is the heart. Because love comes from the heart. Ministry is a heart thing. If you contaminate it with money, it is corrupted. It is finished. It is finished. The purest, you cannot pay me to do what I'm doing. You cannot pay me to sweat like this. I can assure you, I don't do my workplace. This is not how I operate. But when it comes to the Lord, the Bible says in 1 John chapter 4, verse 19, that we love him because he first loved us. The love that he loved us, the sacrifice. How else can we say thank you than to serve you, than to work for you, than to give our energy in a pure form because I love you. Look, when you come to see me in my house and I'm cleaning the living room or cleaning my bedroom, just so that my wife will be happy, you will like it. I do it from my heart. I do it very, 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 very well. You know what? The Bible says in Colossians chapter 3, verse 23, 24, whatever you do, do it heartily. As unto the Lord, not as unto man. What that means is that if you are doing something, do it the way you would do it for the Lord. You are doing it for the Lord heartily full of your heart as unto the Lord, not as unto men. Then verse 24 says, knowing this, be aware that you are, that of the Lord you shall receive the reward of the inheritance because you serve the Lord Christ. Clap for Jesus. Do you know that when you are doing it and you do it with your heart, God says he's never... He's not unrighteous to forget your labor of love and do it with all your heart. Let me tell you something. When you talk about full-time ministry and you talk about lay ministry, which is part-time, which is done in the evenings, which is done on weekends, ladies and gentlemen, the difference is in the time. There should be no difference in the heart. There should be no difference in the heart. Now, when you see Bishop Solomon... Bishop, so he is full-time. When he's working, or when Bishop Ogo is working and I am working, the only reason why they should have a lot more results is not be, should not be because of the heart. should be because they expend more time. Because if I'm doing it with my heart, not have heart, although I am part-time, I don't have enough time, but my heart is full. I am doing it part-time, but with full heart, full heart, full heart. My heart is completely in it. Only I have only four hours to do it. And Bishop Solo has the whole, has the whole. That's why the Bible says give thyself wholly unto these things. Give your full heart. Whether it is ushering, whether it is preaching, do it with all your heart, with all your passion, with everything. Volunteer well with love. Full heart. Don't do it with part heart. Don't let the part time deceive your heart into a part heart. Yeah. It's not, a, it's, not, it's not a part heart. And don't be deceived by the full timers. The full timers, what they were was lay people. They did it with all their heart. So well, so much that the church grew to a point where they could not do it part time anymore. And they told them, 
with the same full heart of a lay. Let's convert the part time to full time, not convert the part heart to full heart. Heart had never changed. It was the time that changed. Let the heart enter into the work, whether you are ushering, whether you are cleaning, whether you are doing bassing. Mawakuman come. Yeah. Yeah. I should preach in such a way that you, if you don't understand this, you will say, oh, is this man a full-time pastor? No, he's a full-heart pastor. He's still lay. He's still part-time. When you do the thing so well, they look at the usher. Does, is he, does he get paid for it? In other words, is he a full-time usher? No, he is a volunteer. He's a lay usher, but he's doing it so much with his heart that we can't tell the difference whether he's paid or not. But ladies and gentlemen, let our hearts do the work. Let the hearts do the work. Let the hearts do the work. Because the Lord who rewards openly, he sees in secret. When it comes to promotion, he looks at the heart. You know, there was a day that in the house of Jesse, the father of David, God was looking to promote one of his children to become a king. He was looking to promote. He sent the prophet Samuel. When the prophet Samuel came, he searched the people. Many people. I, please stop doing text. Okay, it's not a good thing. Many people were in the, in the Jesse's house. David has seven brothers. Those were military people. Some were very tall. Some were big, strong, macho people. Ladies and gentlemen, they arose and they all were spread out. And Jesse said, oh, these are the children. King Samuel, priest Samuel, prophet. You want to come and anoint? He, they brought Abinadab, they brought Nabib, and all the people. All the big brothers. But the Lord said something. That made me realize that when you do the thing with your heart, God promotes you. In 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 7, God, even pastors can be deceived. Some people, you can impress pastors, but the thing is not coming from your heart. You're, you come there all around. Once the pastor leaves, then you run away. You just impress the pastor and you go. But God is not impressed because you are just showing off. You are just showing off. You are just showing off. But God who reads the heart is the one who will reward you. Op- he sees in secret, but he rewards you openly. When, came, when, when Samuel the prophet came, but Bible says in 1 Samuel chapter 16 verse 7. But the Lord said unto Samuel, look not on his countenance, on the height of his stature. That's David's brothers, big brothers. Because I have refused him. Then he explained, for the Lord sees not as man seeth. For man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord, he looks on the heart. Put your heart inside the work that you are doing. The lay, ideal lay worker is a volunteer from the heart. His is a hard thing. His motivation is his love for Jesus. Second Corinthians chapter 5 from verse 13. The Bible says you, sometimes you do things for free. People think you are crazy. That is why some of these people are saying, that, look, let's charge for what we're doing. Let them pay money. Let them pay for trotro. Let them pay for petrol. Let them pay for tithes. Let them give us allowance. When they do that, you are finished. Because the Bible says, although you look crazy, the Bible says, Mr. Brother, what's your name? What's his name? For whether we be, what's your name? Don't go Chinese on me, okay? Whether we be beside ourselves or if we are crazy, it is for God. The Bible says, if you look crazy, 
is because of God. We're doing it because of God. Listen, we're doing it because of God. I'm doing it to please God. It's my heart. Whether we be beside ourselves. Paul was told once when he was preaching, Paul, 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 much learning has made you mad. And he told him, I'm not mad. I'm not mad. I'm not mad. I know what I'm doing. Yeah. So some people, sometimes when I am leaving my workplace and I'm going for a camp and I'm paying money for a camp and I say I have to go early because I have to go to church, people look and say, man, they must be really paying you big time. I said, no, they're not paying me anything. The love, I look crazy. If we are beside ourselves, it is unto God. But if we look normal or sober, it is for your cause. We look crazy because my whole heart, sometimes they say love is blind or crazy love because your heart is inside the thing too much. Yes. And he explains, for the love of Christ constraineth us. May the reason be because you love Jesus. Clap for the Lord Jesus. Because you love Jesus. And God will bless you. Ladies and gentlemen, I've done this work for a long time. I've done this work for a long time. And your love generates a blessing. Let me tell you, you may, people may think that you are not paid anything. But let me tell you something. My work that I go, they pay me money. And they give me health insurance. Sometimes, if I, in fact, the work I was, they gave me a phone. They paid for the phone. They paid for my health insurance. Because they know the health insurance because I can get sick. They don't want me to get sick. Not because they love me. Because they need my services so much. It will be expensive if I'm sick. And they are not making money off the patients that I see. So they give me health insurance. That when you are sick, see the doctor quickly. When you are sick and you don't, they can tell you, hey, we paid insurance. Why haven't you seen the doctor? But the Lord will not give you health insurance. He will give you good health. Clap for the Lord Jesus. He will take care of your health. He said in Exodus 23, 25, you will serve the Lord. Or is it 25, 23? You will serve the Lord your God and he will bless your bread and bless your water and he will take sicknesses from the midst of you. Clap for the Lord Jesus. Yeah. Exodus Chapter 23, verse 25. You shall serve the Lord your God. He shall, and you, he shall bless your bread and your water and will take sicknesses away from the midst of thee. I'm talking about the ideal lay worker. It's a volunteer. Look, one time I was there. I didn't even know that there was any sickness in me. I've had COVID without knowing. My wife has had COVID. Yeah. And you were saved it is many people have died, but you, you got saved. Some of you have even got COVID. You didn't know. You just coughed. Oh, 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 oh. You thought it was a common cold. You got COVID. Only perhaps you did not have time to go and check. Because I didn't even know. When my friend got COVID, asked my wife to go and check. My wife that had, had been, no, she had been sleeping with me for a few. And, and then we, she went and checked. Because we were sleeping on the same bed many times. I mean, yeah, you understand? If you go and tell her, you see what happened. <laughs> yeah. And I was in America. We had been there. I had traveled to America. When my friend called me that, look, I've got COVID and I've asked your wife to go and test. My wife too went and tested and it was positive. Meanwhile, when I was traveling to America, I was not feeling well. I took Tylenol and I slept through the flight to America. I didn't even know. I went there and I worked for one week and I was told that my wife had COVID. 
And my wife just had them transplant. They got well. And I went to my workplace. My wife has got, got I mean, I, I, what should I do? They said, oh, you've been here for one week. By our protocol, if you've worked for one week, even if you tested positive, after one week, you have to come back anyway. So there's no need to test. I had the COVID with the symptoms and I didn't even know it until it was told me that I had COVID. Who do you think dealt with the infection? Who do you think dealt with that? It is the Lord. So your volunteering work that you think you are not being paid, there's far more going for you than you think. Look, when I look at my home, I brought in a woman, a woman who had the face, who had the hips, who had everything. But the dimples, but you can have all dimples you want. If the Lord does not turn that woman into a wife who loves you, you will be tormented your whole life. Yeah. God rewards, eh? God said, I will not, I am not unrighteous to forget your labor of love. Ladies and gentlemen, let's keep volunteering without charge. My sister Grace, keep singing. Your husband is at hand in Jesus' name. I've started making some negotiations already in Jesus' name. It's true. It's true. Look, when I look at my life, I never saw my father holding my mother's hand. I never saw them even hugging. Where even to see a kiss? I even wondered how I became a baby. How they made it and they had 11. Yeah. I mean, whenever I see my father and my mother, don't tell them. I just remember the cats. We had cats in the house. We never saw them mating, but they had many children. But as I have grown, you know, through serving the Lord, I have known how to hold hands, how to hold um, uh, arms, how to hold waist. I've known how to kiss and peck. I mean, I do it. Sometimes my children say, Daddy, when we are married, we want you to counsel us. And I look at the Lord and say, Have you heard it before? Someone say, God, God bless you, okay? All that is some of the blessings that I can see love. I can enjoy my marriage. Yeah. Beautiful thing. Beautiful thing. The Lord is not unrighteous. eh? Your volunteering work is rewarded heavily. You breathe normally up and down. He has breathed your your bread. You enjoy your food. One day I was eating and I had a boil on my tongue. My wife didn't know. Prepared my favorite light soup. My favorite zoo in the soup. When I came home, I could not eat any of the meat and the fish. As I saw my children eating, I said, hey, there are a lot of things to thank God for, eh? Hey, when he blesses your bread to enjoy it, blesses your water to enjoy it, that is supernatural blessing, eh? Let's keep volunteering. Let's keep serving. Let's keep volunteering. Mr. Le Asha, you are doing the right thing. We are volunteers. We, ours is a service from the heart. Let me tell you, when money comes into any contract, it corrupts it. The Bible says in Luke chapter 16, go and read it at verse 13. In fact, the verse 12 says, if you, let's go to verse 13. You you cannot serve two masters. No man can serve two masters. For either you will hate the one and love the, the other, or you will hold on to the one and despise the other. You can't serve God 
and mammon. Mammon is the god of money. You can't serve God. Service to God can never be paid for. You can't serve God and mammon. You can't serve God while looking at your salary. Is it good? If I was supposed to preach to you to get money per hour, my goodness. I would just say, okay, let the plane continue. Let the worship continue so that I'll get more hours. But this one, it's the love of Christ that is constraining me. You don't contaminate it. Money can change everything. Can corrupt everything. Yeah. If they pay you, if they paid me, there are people in America, they actually marry for money. They called a warrior. They call. They pay money and sign a contract. How much would you give me? Give me twenty thousand dollars, and I will marry you, and we'll pretend like we're half husband and wife, so that you can get an American visa. You should see the problems they get, so that they can get green card. You should see that trouble. Even people go to prison. There's no love in it. Money has appeared. It's contaminated everything. But the same marriage, I meet my wife, who just says, I want to marry you, nothing to be paid. When I was marrying my wife, even the clothes, the cloth, the cloth to give, you know when you're doing the engagement, I didn't have it. She brought her cloth that her mother had bought. She borrowed a few from her friends to let her pretend like the husband is really rich, saw some, um, her sister, somebody had had an engagement already. We borrowed some drinks. We borrowed the things. She put it together. She said, marry me, marry me. I love you. No money is important. I married her quickly. Money was not an issue. I had no money, but I mar- that marriage, you should see what it produces. What love can produce, money can never produce. If we have to pay you to be an usher, my darling, you will be corrupted. Your heart will be corrupted. God who sees in secret will only see a corrupted heart, can never bless you openly. Let's keep volunteering. You'll be surprised. You'll be surprised that when you get to heaven, God will tell you that you, you built, you said you don't have money. When people are using money to build cathedrals, we want to give $10,000 to build a church. We want to give 60000 to build a cathedral. You may not have it, but you are here every day. You'll be surprised. You get to heaven and God will tell you, sister, you actually built three cathedrals and you tell the Lord, how? Just the same way in Matthew 25, they say that when, you, when I was sick, you, and in the hospital, you visited me. When I was in prison, you visited, and they said, how? They said, much as you did it for these least, the least of my disciples, you did it for me. Jesus will tell you that you built three cathedrals. You say, how? He said, when some people in other churches, they were charging for ushering by the hour, they were charging to play instrument, you give no charge. That money that could have been given to you, that money has stayed with the church. They built cathedral after cathedral. You said for 35 years of your life, they will do the calculation every month that you volunteered. And they will tell you, my darling, you, de- you deserve a mansion before you because you built three cathedrals. And you say, I didn't have money. You say, yes, your service to me was more than money. Put your hands together for Jesus. Yeah. That's why I love this work. That's why I love this work. I love this voluntary work. 
It's the truth. Yeah, it's the truth. There was an old man called Old Man Roger. Old Man Roger was a lay bell ringer for the Church of Pentecost, uh, Church of uh, uh, Presbyterian or Catholic. Five thirty exactly. Then he would go and laid, not paid, volunteering. He would ring the bell, bling, bling every day five thirty, bling. Playing Grace, is, is it rhyming well? Am I singing the playing well? Uh-huh. You know, I, I'm trying to Americanize it a bit. If it's not working, just let me know. It's working. I should raise it. Play. My remind you can't raise. Grace, don't do that to me. <laughs> I said I should raise it. Listen. And this man did this for years. And one day, when he grew old, old man Roger was brought when they were honoring some bishops. Who should they also call to honor? Old man Roger. They said for long service award, they want to honor him. They brought old man Roger to sit in front. They created a new chair. And as they honored the bishops and they presented them, here comes lay old man Roger. And they read his, his, his resume or citation. They said for years, he's done this. 5.30 has always been 5.30, not a minute before, not a minute after. And he's the most consistent lay person who's done. They've never paid him ever, but he does the work so perfectly. So they will honor him. They gave old man Roger a brand new car. Clap for Jesus. They set a new chair. From today, you will sit with the deacons in front. And they told old man Roger, they gave other gifts, financial help. And they said from today, they are also retiring him because he has trained some young people. So from today, the young people will take over to do the bell ringing at 5.30. And everybody started clapping. Old man Roger was quiet. No smiles. No laughter. Do you know why? Should I tell you why? Oh man, Roger got up and took the microphone to give his response to all that they were given. Oh man, Roger got up and said, thank you very much, Mr. Archbishop and the bishops for this honor, but I refuse it. I don't want to take the car. I don't want to sit in front. I want the money to be taken back. And he said, why? He said, because what you are taking, the only condition I'll take it is if you allow me to continue ringing this bell. Blind, 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 blind. Then they asked him why. Then he started explaining. He said, this volunteer job has saved his life and has brought him a lot of blessings that money cannot pay for. That a car is not what he's looking for. And he explained, he said he just wants to give one instance of how the volunteering work of God has saved his life. And he said one day he came. I'm talking about doing the work with your full heart, even though you are part-time. Don't be deceived by the part-time. It's a full heart. Full heart. Full heart. And so he said, one time he came 
and he came from a wake keeping and he was, it was about 4.30. He said he's going to take his bucket to go and fetch water, public standpipe, and bring. When he came, it was maybe almost five o'clock and he put the bucket side, metal bucket size 34. For those of you who remember, size 34, metal, you carry 34, they've written 34 at the base. And then you yourself, you know. Anyway, so he brought it to the bathroom and put it down. He took off his clothes to take his bath. And when he was about to bath, he realized the time was 20 minutes to 5.30, 5.10. He told himself, man, if I bath for the first time, I'll be late. So he put the water there. He put on his clothes again and ran where he should ring the bell, volunteer. When he got there, it was just five minutes to time. Waited a little bit till 5.30. He put it blind, blind. Grace, is it working? Blind, blind. He didn't think anything of it. He was telling the story to the bishops and deacons. He said he didn't think anything. And he walked right back as usual. Happy that he's done the work properly. When he got to the house, what should he find? The building, the house had collapsed. The whole house had collapsed. He said, wow. I was just going to ring the bell and come. Look at what has happened. Did this, what time that the thing happened? It happened just after he left. When they removed the rubble and they removed the size 34 metal bucket, it was flattened. Flattened like pancake. Then he told the archbishops, that could have been my body. God saved me because I served with my heart. And you want to take that volunteer service from me? I am not going to allow. Please, I'm going to continue ringing the bell as a volunteer, as a, as a, as a lay bell ringer. I'm not going to take this car. The only condition that I'll take this car, take this chair, take this money, is if you continue, let me continue doing this work. So old man Roger was giving his work back. Drove with his nice car. Morning after morning. God said, I am not unrighteous to forget your work and your labor of love, which you have shown towards his name, in that you have served or ministered to the saints and you continue to minister. May this story remind you, when the high fever comes and you don't feel like doing it again, Remind yourself of old man Roger. Put your hands together for Jesus. It's a volunteer. The ideal lay worker is a volunteer. A volunteer for life. I've decided to volunteer my services, to volunteer my time, and to give the Lord the best of my heart in whatever I'm doing. I've told myself that when they say I'm a lay pastor, for the church member, they are not looking for a lay wedding when you are the one giving the wedding. A lay wedding. So you just do the vows and you don't put the rings on when the full time pastor comes because it's part part time so my time is over so next time a full time then you can continue the wedding is that what they do they are not looking for a lay message they are not looking for a lay barrier or lay message lay preaching you are the only pastor that they look at we are not looking for a full time ushering lay, you, this is lay ushering some of you lay 
ashes. You need to volunteer well with your heart. That if your heart is not in, that's when you are always late. That's when you have an attitude. That's when you complain. That's when you are looking at your time. When will I leave? Your heart is not inside of it. When I'm with my wife, I don't look at the time. In fact, I put the time away. I put the watch away. And I want to go long because there's love in it. The love of Christ is what should be the greatest motivation to the lay person. There is no money. Money corrupts everything. That Bible says the love of money instead of God is the root of all evil. Which well some converted after. They have erred from the faith. It will affect your faith. And they pierce themselves through with many sorrows. As we see these brothers asking for snit, asking for money, asking for salaries. The last time we heard, they wanted 12 million dollars. I said, look at something. Oh, look at something. Look at The love of money, the love of money is the root of evil, defections, insulting fathers. The love of money, eh, it can really destroy us. Ladies and gentlemen, if it was money that we're using, we would not be here. If her was asking for money, Basileel would never have gotten a job working in gold and silver, would never have gotten an anointing. The strength of Caleb will never have been renewed. God promises all that if you can serve with your heart. Clap for the Lord Jesus. Think about it. North America where I am, there is not, apart from a bishop or bishops, there is no full-time pastor. But we have more than 200 churches. Each of the churches has an average, average, at least, I would say an average of 15 workers who don't charge anything. Yeah. Now, every one of them is doing it for free and serving and doing our best with our offerings, with our volunteering from the heart. Look at the churches that have been built. There will not have been a North American lighthouse. A lot of these things that we contribute to, perhaps if it was not for the volunteers, if everybody was full-time, who would be paying for all this? Who would be paying for the television that we the screens? Who would be paying for the light? Everybody got paid. Ladies and gentlemen, that was not God's plan. In the beginning, it was not so. Never change your mind about this volunteer work. And if God calls you to become a full-time, we are paying you because one day, if I'm called, that drop your stethoscope and come. It will be a reflection of my pure, full heart. That now is requiring my full-time. It's not the full-time. That is the determinant of what I do. It's the heart that determines it. Let not full time deceive you. Let's have the full heart and volunteer properly. Such that when we see a singer, we see that you are singing from your heart. When you see an usher cleaning, you rush to work. You rush to the service. You are like old man Roger. Never late, never late, never grumbling. Even when they say somebody is coming, say, why are you changing me? I want to keep working and upgrade yourself. I see the Lord's blessing coming to you because of that. In Jesus' name. Amen. Oh, clap for Jesus. So, number one, the ideal lay worker is a volunteer and a volunteer for life. Number two, the ideal lay worker is good at his ministry work. You're good at it. Yeah. If you're an usher, you're very good at it. You train yourself. You upgrade yourself. 
If you're a Sunday school teacher, you read, you pray. One time I saw a Sunday school teacher going to visit all the children, making phone calls. That mothers called me and said, hey, this Sunday school teacher, this youth safe church teacher that you brought. You know, I organized one of our pastors that this is your domain. It's only safe church. The mothers were telling me, he calls us, calls the children, counsels them, visits them, talks about their grades. Yeah, ask their parents, how are they behaving at home? And he's organizing them. In fact, the parents were so, so, so happy. He was, that person was good at his job. Was good at his job. Very good at this. Yeah. Look, as I'm preaching, I want to be good at preaching. I listen to the messages. I go for camps. I read books. I study the Bible. I memorize scriptures. I spend time with the Lord, the presence of the Lord. I do what a priest, I tell you, a priest does. Yes, properly. Pray, spending time with the Lord. Mark chapter 3 from verse 13. The Bible says that Jesus Christ, he, he called 12. He called 12 people and he ordained them. He went up into a mountain and called to him 12. And he ordained to come and they came to him. And he ordained, please bring it up, verse 14. He ordained 12 that they should be with him. Be with him. That he might send them forth to preach. And what happened in verse 15? Verse 15, so that they can have power to heal sicknesses, cast out devils. The first thing was that he called them to himself. You spend time with God and we go to minister with the presence of God to people. That's the first thing. There are ushers here who don't pray. There are pastors who don't pray. You are an insult to the lay work in the name of Jesus. If you are somebody who is not spiritual about your work, let's know that this is a spiritual work. Even if you are an usher and you pray, I tell you, somebody needs a husband. If you are spiritual, even the place you will usher the lady, that is that, that God will use you to bring a husband. Pray about it. Spend time. Make it spiritual. Yeah, you know that the work is ministry. Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 1, let a man so account of us as of the servants of Christ or ministers of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. Let a man account. That means, account means when they put all things together, they look at your activities left, right, and center, even your work, their final conclusion about you is that you are a servant of Christ. You are a minister. Oh, your ushering is a ministry. Let people see that your work is a ministry. My brother, let people see that your whatever you do is a ministry. Let it become a spiritual thing. You see how air was up there. Up there with Moses. Up there with Aaron. Let it become proper. Let me tell you this story. So, let a man so account of us as ministers. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure that when you see me, you are wondering, is he a full-time pastor? No, he's lay. But I want to minister like a minister. I want to minister that a man's account, where when I want, I was ministered to. Yeah, full heart. I brought a certain lady. I preached about the work of ministry. Everybody collected some job. I want to be an usher. I want to be this. I want to be that, clean. No problem. And I saw a certain glamorous gloriously clad beautiful lady with nice um, fingernails red like this my sister here with beautiful hair pretty as I, was there, I just told her you are really a pretty girl 
Yeah. That's, that's my niece, so I can say, don't say I'm coming, I'm rapping at church members while I'm preaching. Why not? So I said, you're a pretty girl. See, when you see her bag, gold. Gold. Look, look, silver. Diamond cross. Wow. With a designer husband sitting here. Hey, if you start waving, that's what the husband, this, must, this husband, designer husband with, with a, 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 a prophetic iPad. Brown leather. Yeah, designer. And the lady was sitting there like this. Everybody came and said, I want to be an usher, I want to be a this. This lady just sat down. So I just saw the lady, look. You know, that some people, they feel very important. I just walked and I started counseling. Then when I started counseling, when I, they, everybody finished, the lady walked up to me and said, Pastor. I said, yes. Well, you, you didn't give me, I, I also want to work in the church. I said, for real? But when I was, you were sitting down. I said, yo, she said, I wanted everybody to go so I can come and talk to you. I said, well, you didn't come early. I've given all the work away. Because at first she was pretending. You know how she's sitting. You, 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 you know I mean, She's a powerful woman of God. So I don't touch me type of lady. You see? But some of those ladies are the ones who are the most zealous. She walked up. So me too, I felt that she was tricking me. So I said, look, me, I know how to play tricks too. I said, the work is finished. She said, oh, nothing for me. I said, okay. Then go and clean the toilet. Hey, can you imagine? Can you imagine? She works at Bank of Ghana. She works at the president's office. She works at whatever it is, big place. And I told her, she, came, she had a push car. I just said, well, the only work that's left is the toilet. Immediately I said that she walked out. I said, I've lost a church member. I've lost a church member. Hey! I felt like following her to tell her, come back. I said, no. I've told you to, what, what, is she bigger than the toilet? So she go. Then I started counseling people. You won't believe it all. Then, about 30 minutes later, I saw this lady come back to park her car at the church. She walked up with polythene bags. She had gone to the gross shop, multi-purpose shop. She bought toiletries. No, no, she had taken it seriously. She bought the toiletries. She brought it. She walked past me. She went into the toilet. She stayed there for about 30 minutes and came back. When she came, she was wearing gloves. I couldn't believe my eyes when I went to the bathroom to inspect. The bathroom had changed. The bathroom had started looking like the lady. Look, the fragrance, the annual towel in the bathroom. The cleanness of the and she had scrubbed with her hand. Every stain was gone. She did it with her hand. She did it well. A good ideal worker knows how to do the work well. Is good at her job. Bible says, is it ministry? Wait on your ministry. 
prophesying the same thing. Wait on it. Find time for it and do it well. Upgrade yourself in that thing. Take it to World Cup level. Lay people, arise and shine for our light is come. Let's take our work to World Cup level. From that day, if you go to the toilet and you have diarrhea and you have to stay there through the prison worship, even if, you know, sometimes you have diarrhea, that thing is finished, but it's burning. You know that the poop itself is finished, but there's still some contraction. You don't know whether to get out, go and come back, or to stay there until the next bout comes. If you decide to stay there, you can kneel down and prostrate on the floor and still do praise and worship. That is how clean it was. That lady, that lady, how the Lord has blessed her, you must be good at what you're doing. Yeah. Some of the lay pastors are an insult to the lay ministry. You don't pray. You don't pray. Let me tell you one of the things that you must do as a lay person. You, you don't have time. At 7 o'clock you get up. You get up early. You have to rush because of traffic to drive. And you come late tired. When will you pray? Late shepherd, when will you pray? So you have to steal time from the dawn. Like Jesus Christ was busy. All people were looking for him. Your boss is looking for you. Phone calls and texts and things are chasing you. You rise up. Mark one thirty-five. Bible says... And in the morning, a great while before day, Jesus excused himself, went to a solitary place, and there he prayed. He departed. All of us must steal time from the dawn. If you are a lay person, a lay worker, especially a lay pastor, everybody, and you can't wake up to pray, your work will never be spiritual. You will never amount to much. You will not give the Lord your best. I can assure you. You rise up early, you wait on the Lord, and you commit your ministry and yourself. Walk with the presence of God. Even if you're an usher. When I was a lay, richie rich, a lay film star, I prayed. I studied the Bible. I was not a pastor, but I did that. It's not for pastors. We are people of God. Clap for the Lord Jesus. And I studied well. I did my work well. It's been a blessing. Let's be good at it. Let's be good at it. I'm sure if I become a full-time pastor too, I would be good at full-time by the grace of God. I don't know if God will call me to that. But if he does, I'll do it to the best of my ability. Let's do it well. Let's go all out. Bible says, meditate on these things. Give thyself wholly unto these things so that thy profiting will appear unto all. That lady profited. Till date, that toilet is kept clean by the standards of that lady. May you be the quintessential, ah, whatever you are. When, when, when they look, some of you, your basenta has been six for a long time, 17 and a half for a long time, 17 and a half. Even the half is because you had a baby, because somebody is pregnant. Do it well. Do it well. Go for the outreaches with your heart and let the Lord bless you. Clap for the Lord Jesus. Now, The ideal lay worker is a good businessman and professional. Mm. I will even add, it's a good student. Let me tell you something. When you are a lay person in Lighthouse, it is very expensive (laughs) to be a lay person in Lighthouse. I'll tell you. You will spend money. 
Do you know that? You will spend money. I think it is in 2 Corinthians somewhere, 12, 15, I believe. He said that I will most gladly spend and be spent of you. For the more I love, the less I be loved. I will most very gladly spend. When you are in ministry, you must be glad to spend and be spent. Spend means that I want to do it. But there are times that you don't want to, but you will be spent. Yeah. As I'm here, I spend money to fly from the United States. It's not cheap. Yeah. It's not cheap. And I spend my money to come here. I would gladly spend. God loves a cheerful giver. Every lay worker, by virtue of the fact that you are doing it from your heart volunteering, you will have to spend. And sometimes, because of what you are doing, you'll be forced to spend. But God says that it is because the more gladly you are loving. Oh, may the Lord bless you with financial ability in Jesus' name. Now, because you must spend and be spent. Be spent means it's not every time that you're happy about spending, but you will spend. No wonder God blesses the people that work well in this church. Yeah, you spend. So far, you know, Bishop, Kobe has not even asked me how much did it cost me to come here. And I don't think he's going to ask me. Neither has Bishop Ogo. They are not going to pay me. I've gone to places nobody has placed Place reimbursement. I should get reimbursement. I should get. They should pay my social security, my stay, my mileage, my tires. You are a joker. I will most gladly spend. When God was arranging the desert church, the church in the wilderness, He said, "The will that the 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 the, the, the full timers, Aaron's and things, the Levites, they should stay." And he will call upon the rest of the tribes. They should bring the offerings every time to take care of them and to take care of the church business. That's why the tithe is there. Yeah, it says, bring ye the tithe to the storehouse and make sure that there be meat in my house and prove me herewith whether I will not open the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that you will have no room for the blessing. Ladies and gentlemen, I've worked in this church I'm sure I was in this church before many of you. Almost 1991, 30 years ago, by the grace of God. I have never collected a dime. I've worked with my hands. Paul said, I work with my hands. These hands have supported the needs of many, has labored. Therefore, you have to be a good businessman. The Bible says in Romans chapter 12, verse 11, don't be lazy, be not slothful. But be fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. Clap for the Lord Jesus, somebody. Please, don't be lazy at your business. Don't misbehave for them to fire you from your workplace. Take your job seriously. Because your job as a lay person is an extension of your ministry. I see my work as an extension of the ministry. When I'm fired, the church has lost. When God wants to build a cathedral, he looks at the people here at their tithe, as the job that he gives you, at your salary, at your offerings that you will give. And he assesses the size of the church. He looks at the number of employees. Where do you think the Lord gets the money? From your work. 
He blesses your work. That's why he anoints lay workers with the spirit of craftsmanship. That's why your boss likes you the way he likes you because of the anointing. I try to explain your ministry by the amount, brother, go and go Chinese on me. By the amount, anytime I'm, I get paid, I just see that what I'm doing, my business is an extension of the work. Therefore, I behave well at my workplace so that I don't get fired. When I get fired, my ministry as a lay pastor has been affected because I know that my money is part of the ministry. Yeah, my money is part of the ministry. When God wanted to bless the Israelites, he promoted Joseph from the prison through a dream. By the time he realized, he was actually in the king's palace interpreting dreams. And he managed to bring the Israelites to a safe place to preserve them, to preserve the church of the future. Yeah. They put the Israelites in Goshen. And when it was time, God took them to serve him. Ladies and gentlemen, your job is important. I see the Lord blessing you with a good job. I see the Lord blessing you with a good job. When I saw that my job was important, I actually lost my job two years ago. Two years ago. Not out of any problem of mine. I lost my job. That was the year I gave my biggest offering. Biggest. If I tell you how much the offering was, you, you will think I was crazy. And that was the year I lost my job. I looked at God. I said, hey, God, is that how you are? I was so depressed, eh? So depressed. I remember my wife still teases me. Oh, will you go with me? Everywhere I'm going, oh, hey, hey, I had nothing to do sitting at home for three months. I saw people going to work. I said, hey, I've never, never lost a job before. I said, God, is that how you are? You made me lose my job. And I said, how? I've always seen finances as a part of ministry. I'm telling you a secret. And then I called Bishop and Bishop told me, you are blessed. And he said, perhaps you don't work for people anymore. You should do your own business. This advice my wife had given me for a long time, but I said, no. The way I do lay ministry, if I do my own business and I have to now manage things, I won't have time to do ministry. I won't do it. God pushed it. Some of you, the job that you lost is actually a promotion. Just by that phone call with Bishop, he told me, oh, call Ikua. There was a doctor called Ikua. She does locums. She does her own contract. Whenever. Maybe you can also do that. I called that phone call. Within three months, I landed a contract. And since that time, I've never worked for anybody. I work for myself as a physician. Even now, I can even block my job and come for seven weeks to two months. Just to come and preach. Here I am. Send me clap for the Lord Jesus. And by that job, I have been far better financed than I had ever been. God wants to bless somebody because of the way. It may not come in the traditional way you expected. I tell you, now I look back and I said that was the only way God could promote me because my loyalty that I've learned had now gone into my work. I said, me, I've never done it. 
I always used to pride. I've never changed jobs since I started. Never changed wives. Never changed children. Never changed churches. Everything that I, once I link up to you, that's it. That's it. By the grace of God. So I said, me, I will never change jobs. I'm loyal to this job. I'm loyal. I'm loyal to it. Everything. I'm loyal to the church. I'm loyal to the lay ministry. It took the Why? Because if God is looking to build another cathedral, the money he's looking for will come from lay people. And anybody who signs up to consider your work an extension of the ministry, that when God wants to finance this ministry, he will look at your job. I must promote this man. I must promote this man. I must promote this woman. I must give him a new job or a pay raise because he'll be faithful to do the tithe to do the offering when it's fundraising. This is the faithful one that I'll count on. Your job is part of your ministry. Your job as a lay person. You must be a good businessman. Work hard. Don't be late. Don't be fired. Don't be lazy at your workplace. Please do it well. And do it as your job. Why? Because in Deuteronomy chapter 8 and verse 18, your name is there about your work your name is there about the blessing he says about you shall remember the lord your god for it is he who gives you what power to get wealth why does the lord give people financial power why does the lord increase your pay for those of you who don't have jobs and who have not been given pay raise. You need to start rethinking your finances as an extension of God's bank. That's the way I see my money. One time. And then why? Because the Lord will give you the power to get well. To do what? So that he may establish his covenant, which he swear with your fathers. Who are your spiritual fathers? With Bishop Doug. He has covenanted to go to 190 nations, each of them with seven cathedrals. Where is the money going to come from? It's going to come from your salary, from your salary. If he wants to build it, he needs to give you money. He needs to make you give your pay raise. He needs to even let me stop my work so that I'll get an upgraded work. My tithe will become more because of the power to get wealth. Lay people, you are blessed if your thinking can be upgraded to think this way everybody who have thought this way all the lay presidents who have taken lay to the highest level they all own houses businesses and things because they've seen they are the most givers so when i say that you should be a good businessman it means get a good job it means see your financial power as an extension of god's building power a covenant that he established with my fathers, which as it is these days, relevant to your time, relevant to my job. That is how God had to upgrade me. My tithe has increased. My giving ability has increased because the power to get wealth as a lay person has increased. Clap for the Lord Jesus. And I've not deceived God. Whenever I am counting my money. When I was in Ghana, now I pay my money and it goes straight direct. I do my tithe first. But when I saw an extension, when I was in Ghana and they paid me in cities, it was those times they give millions. They put in a polythene bag a lot. And I count my money. I learned this from, I always choose the best notes 
the cleanest notes. I don't just give my tithe, but I give it in style. Consistently. And I give it before I spend any money. It's true. I learned it from Abel in Genesis chapter 4. Bible says, it's Genesis chapter 4, right? Bible says, I think verse 4 or something. It says, it came to pass that when God, God wanted an offering and uh, uh, Cain and what? Abel. Cain brought, <laughs> Abel, no, go to verse 3. Verse 3. In the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought of the fruit of the ground an offering to the Lord. Just brought anything. But look at Abel. And Abel, he also brought, but he brought the firstlings, first of his flock and the fattest thereof. He didn't just give. He gave first and he gave the best. That's why we call our tithe first and best. And the Lord had respect unto Abel and to his offering. But unto Cain, he had no respect. And Cain was very wroth or frustrated or angry. His countenance fell. Many of us lay people. Sometimes the reason why we don't have the right attitude is that we don't have the right attitude towards God. About our job. So when I get, I count. And as I'm counting, this is how I used to do it. It's just now they pay electronic. So I will count. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. I'm separating the money. Do you know what I'm doing? I'm selecting out. It's a lot of money. Selecting out the cleanest notes first. And I put it aside. If it was 2,000 cities they paid me, I'm looking for 200, but not just 200. But before I go home, I will count the 200 first and I'll use the cleanest notes. I finish and I realize out of the 2,000, what, the clean ones are 300. Then I take the 300, then I count again. And I, the, the least clean, I put it back until I get the cleanest 200. I put it in an envelope. I put it as a tight, consistent 10%. I don't change it to 5%. I don't change it to 2%. I don't change it to 7%. Not even 9.9. Yes. I learned it from Abel. Even when Abel was dead, even his blood spoke to God. Your blood, which is your genealogy, which is your sheep, which is your, 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 your whatever generations, their cry will come to God because of what you did. Amen. Learn to do that. Learn to have an ex. Let people, you are the source of finance for the church, and God blesses. It's not everybody who has the power to get wealth, eh? Some people have magical powers, some people have spiritual power, some people have all kinds of political power. Yeah, some people have all kinds of power, juju power. You know, that reminds me of my wife. One time I was there. We were there. We were just talking. And then my wife was coming up. We were chatting, chatting. And I don't know what happened. But she was coming down the stairs. When I married my wife, she was very small. Very small. Very tiny. I mean, when she, I can hold her whole hand, whole arm in my hand like this. I could carry her and then whisk her all around. Today, you know, by the grace of God, she's put on weight. Uh, and he said, she's trying to put, on, put off weight and lose weight. I said, why? And he said, oh, so that, you know, I, I said, look, I am the man who is handling this body. Yeah. I'm the one. I mean, God gave you to me. He brought, took my rib and brought, I like you this way. 
He said, why? He said, because when I did my verse, I told you to, they still, to have and to hold. The more I can have, the more I can hold. Clap for the Lord Jesus. <laughs> hey! Hey! So these days, she has really come a form, you know. But when I married her, she was very slim. I mean, I've been talking, she, this and this was not there. Upper East, Upper West was almost zero. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, my wife was not that blessed. Upper East and Upper West was almost zero. And one day, with the almost zero Upper East and Upper she was coming and she was doing this, coming down. Holding, hold. I said, I look, I said, what are you holding? What are you holding? Let go, let go. There's nothing to write home about. Come and let's run together. Let the thing go and we can run with you. No problem. How? Oh. I said, what are you? I told her there's nothing to write home about. We laughed over this thing. Ah. Then we sat down together. Bottom to bottom. Yes, sir. I said, you are tall. When God was distributing breasts, where were you? Where were you? Do you want to know what he told me? Do you really want to know what she told me? Do you want to know? Shake somebody by you. Shake somebody. Do you want to know? I said, when God was distributing Upper East and Upper West, where were you? My wife looked at me this way. She said, I was in the bottles line. <laughs> Clap for the Lord Jesus. Hey. And she added, the Lord gave me maximum of that. And she threw a few things here and there. That's how beautiful it is when you can chat and joke with your wife. So she had bottom power. Some of you will have financial power because of your relationship with God. The way your finances are an extension of God's ministry. God has given people financial power. Receive financial power. If you tell my wife, you see what I'll do to you. <laughs> hey. Akoko, especially you, especially you. Clap for the Lord Jesus. And Ekua, you too. Come, if you tell my wife, I won't give you your money. Anyway, so ladies and gentlemen, what I'm trying to, what I'm trying to tell you is that God is the source of finances. And let's see the extension Money is spiritual. Money is spiritual. When you look at all the churches, not many churches, we are just over 30 years old, almost 35 years as a church. Look at the buildings. Look at the building financial power. It's a reflection of individual lay power, lay financial power. I see you as the next person who will join that team, especially those who are faithful with tithes. Bible says if you are faithful in little, God will entrust you with much. That's what has led to this. Look at this man. Short man like this. He's a rich man. In Jesus' name. Yeah, he sells lands. Short man like this. But he has been serving God with his money for years. He's into real estate. They say, I shouldn't say he sells lands. Real estate. Yeah. You are the next person to be a real estate person. Some of you, your salary today, I don't know what is your salary. It's, there's coming a time soon that that salary will be your tithe. 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 That salary will be your tithe in the name of Jesus Christ. 
and the Lord will do it. Take good care. You know, many people who are not financially sound, they are the ones who become orangus. Because you grow up and in midlife, you wonder, what did I do with my life? And you say, oh, it's because of lay ministry. I should have charged for what I do. No, it's not. Because sometimes you are too armstrong with your finances. And you didn't work hard. Proverbs twenty-two twenty-nine. 29. Seest thou, a man who is diligent in his business, he shall stand before kings and not mean men. Clap for the Lord Jesus. For those who are students, go to school well. I went to school for 36 good years so that they will pay me for the investment in my brain. Yeah. Many of you are very intelligent, but you don't like to go to school. And you don't take school serious. You don't study. Because you see, you're going to pray. You're going to go and do this. Study also. Don't fail your exams. Daniel was another very good lay pastor, lay person. Bible says Daniel, when he was going to school, Daniel chapter 1 verse 17, as for this, that these four boys with the Hebrew boys, God gave them knowledge and skill in learning and wisdom. And Daniel had revelation in dreams and visions. Yeah. And they were tested from verse 19 to 20. And verse 20, Bible, 19, Bible says, of all that they were tested among the astrologers, Daniel and the Hebrew boys, they were 10 times better than the astrologers and the magicians. They were 10 times better. I did well at school. I studied well. Some of you who are working, you can go to, I mean, maturity classes. You can go to school. I kept going to school. It's possible. In this life, you either paid for your muscle power or for your brain power. Yeah. If you are paid for your muscle power as a laborer, as you grow, it diminishes because younger people who are stronger will come and take over your job. And they'll pay you less and less. And as you grow, you have to now add second job, third job, all that. It doesn't give you enough money. But when you invest in your brain, it upgrades. It matures. They pay you for your mental power high. And it matures and upgrades. As you grow, you add experience to your investment in the brain. And they pay you more and more and more. And as you grow, you rather work less and get more. Please. Go to school as part of your ministry and be like Daniel. Eventually, because of the investment in studying, he was employed by every regime, every king that came. These people, they are very smart. Upgrade your work. Some of you, every job, there's an extra job. Learn something else at your workplace and improve your quality so that when it comes to time, they are firing people. They say, this man is too qualified to be fired and you'll be kept and the ministry will be a blessing. God bless you. Hallelujah. So, a good lay person is a good businessman and flourishes well. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to school. Number four, a good lay person is very good at combining ministry and secular life. Yeah. You know, you have to be so good at combining that when you are in one place, the other doesn't recognize who you are. Sometimes I am at church. There are many people who don't know I'm a doctor in the church. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I combine in effect. 
One day, somebody actually woke up from anesthesia. My job is to do surgery, microsurgery with tubes. When there's a tumor, we go with the tube. We don't cut you. I enter a tube through the rectum, through the mouth or something, and then we go and look. And if there's a tumor, we can cut microsurgery by looking on the screen. And then I just stand there. We take the tumor out. It's the truth. So I'm a consultant at that. Now, one day, somebody came in. I was with my partner. And my partner was called, had seen the patient, and the patient had been put to sleep. But suddenly he had an emergency, so he had to go. Then they called me to come and do the case while the patient was asleep. So I couldn't meet the patient to shake their hands. When I looked, lo and behold, it was my church member. Hey, as a policy, I don't do that. But I was forced to do it. So I do the procedure, I did the procedure, took the tumor out, everything. And the patient woke up. My church member woke up and saw me. She screamed, hey, hey, pastor, am I dead? Are we in heaven? Is that, was it a rapture? Are we in heaven? What are you doing here? Pastor, did I die? Oh, pastor, am I dead? Hey, hey, she went into panic mode. What, are we in heaven? Oh, pastor, what happened? Pastor. I said, nothing happened. But why are you here? I said, I, said, I came to do your pr- You prayed for me. You came with the doctor. I said, I'm the doctor. Pastor, you, are, you work? You are a doctor? God, I mean, you must do your work so much and combine it so effectively that when you are at home, it's as if you are not a priest. Although when you are at work, it's as if you are all that you do. Combine it well. Combine it well. She was so shocked, so shocked. And that time, I was late in coming to preach, and they announced, "Oh, pastor has gone to the emergency room." Not knowing the people thought that I was in emergency. So, somebody asked my assistant, "So why is he in emergency?" Oh, he went to do a bleeder. Pastor, they said pastor is bleeding, and they had to explain. No, no, he went to fix the bleeding for somebody. Then he asked, "Pastor is a doctor?" Say yes. You know. So I do my ministry work. So well, they think that that's all I do. When I come home too, and I'm sitting with my children, and I'm playing with my wife, and I'm joking like the way we're joking, it's as if I'm not even a priest. How dare I ask a question? You are tall. When God was giving breath, where were you? Because at home, I am myself. I make sure my wife is happy. I make sure if it's homework, I'm doing it with my children properly. My children and I, we send texts to girls together. Send texts. When they have a crash, I told them, there's a lady I had a crash called Laura. I, they know my stories, my Laura. The last time Laura came to Ghana and we were here, and then my wife, you know, they, they called. In my class, I was about, whatever. How old was I? You know, from five was 14, eh? 14, 15. 14, 15, 16. Yeah. I, I actually was, had a crash on a girl called Laura. Look, I didn't know that I had a crash. I didn't know anything. The little thing that I knew, I knew it from whatever I saw over there. But you see, I saw in the nightclub. But I was still a virgin. So active work, I had not, I seen things, but I had never. Yeah, Never. So this Laura, any t- she didn't, she wasn't good at math. So I was good at math. I would teach her. I'll be teaching her math, and she would put her head on my lap. Oh, oh, Laura. 
I would stop teaching her as if I was learning. I was just learning Laura in my mind. Laura, Laura, Laura. All I see is Laura. And then my, my, my whole body would go numb. I, said, I was going to say central region, but he said it. Oh, he said it. Laura was on my lap. And I was confused. I just felt something was happening to me. If it was today, I, was, I would have said that I was in the spirit. Because my whole body was involved. And I'll go home, finish studying, and I'll be studying Laura in my mind. Mathematical Laura. When it is dy, dx, I'll see the Laura, the love. The Laura, the love. I mean, it was that bad. But I didn't know what to do or what to say. Look. Then finally, we finished from five. Still naive. And I started, I realized that we finished, but I was visiting Laura frequently every day. I go. She's not there. I'll wait for three hours before she comes. Hey, my Laura. And then one day, I hadn't said anything to her. She'll go and see me off, and I'll see her off. See me off. The same place you get to my house, and then I walk back to her house, and we did that several times. That nothing was said, nothing. Just holding my hands was good enough for me. Then one day, I went to visit Laura, and they told me, Laura has traveled. Laura has gone where? They said she's going to Accra. I was in Cape Coast. And from there, she's going to London. Hey! I began to faint. I, sta- I didn't know. No, no, and I was in love. I didn't know. I started crying. My Laura, my Laura, my Laura. Ladies and gentlemen, I cried. When I went home, they gave me dinner. I, did, I told mommy, oh, I'm okay. Then I went to sleep. I cried, my Laura. You know, I had a dream. When I had a dream, I rented a bicycle from Cape Coast. And I rode the bicycle all the way to Accra. Hey! My Laura. Listen. Look, you are laughing, eh? It wasn't a laughing matter. I didn't eat. I was, I lost appetite. I lost, I couldn't sleep till about 12. And then immediately I slept at 12. I had a dream. I was riding a bicycle to Accra. And I was so fast. I took all the cars and got to the airport. When I got to the airport, I saw Laura in a plane. The plane was moving. And I drove the bicycle. I had never been to an airport before. But I drove the bicycle into the airport. And I held the tail of the plane. I said, Laura, don't go. Laura, don't go. Laura, don't go. With the bicycle. And don't, don't go. Then I woke up. And I was screaming, Laura, don't go. With tears. Laura, don't go. Laura, don't go. Laura, don't go. Oh, my Laura. I couldn't sleep till the morning. Just thinking about Laura. You know? And then I realized I was in love. The painful thing is at that time we did Pempa. I wrote to Laura. I got the address and wrote to her. And I said, you know, what the night you left, I cried. Because I had really missed you. But I still didn't say I love you. Then she wrote back to me. Oh, I also cried when I was going. But I knew that you, you don't mix business with pleasure. Hey! I said, so Laura knew I was in love with her. I should have said something. Oh, my Laura. So, whenever my children have a crush on a girl, they say, Daddy, I think I'm in love with this. I, think I said, look, my story. Can you see how happy I am with my Henrietta? This is not Laura. A Henrietta will come 
Forget about that. It's just a feeling. It will go away. Even if you hold the tail of a plane. Oh my Laura. I'm saying that I can be on the floor with my children. Combining. This is my, I'm a role as a father. I do it well. My role as a husband. I do it well. My children. I text. I do the homework with them. We send texts together. I counsel them. I cry with them. One time my son was in turmoil over some heartbreak. But some troubles. He said, Daddy, I need to talk to you. I said, no problem. Come and sit in my car. I drove with him to a far off place. My son broke down on my chest. He said, that is only you I can tell this to. Ladies and gentlemen, we are ministers, but we are also secular people. We have secular roles and spiritual roles. Let it be properly done. Bible says in Matthew chapter 23 verse 23, this ought you to do not to leave the other undone. Some of us, the way we behave, we are so spiritual, we are no earthly good. And therefore, you haven't cooked for your husband and you are here serving a pastor. What's your problem? What's your problem? Come on, go back and serve that husband so that the ministry will not be blamed. Second Corinthians chapter 6 verse 3. He said that in all things, you have to present yourself well, that the ministry will not be blamed. Come on now. You have not done your homework and you are here. You fail exams and you blame the church. Come on, go back and do your homework. Come on, go and study. Take care. Yeah, some of you pastors. Look, this one was Bishop who taught me. He said, look. Sometimes I'm traveling. Then I intentionally bring my children along. Today I told my wife to come. My children may easily come. Yeah. I do it. I bring them along. So that it will not be, give no offense in anything that the ministry be not blamed. Yeah. I take care of them. I take care of them. I t- my, my wife gives me good. I also take good care of her, man. Yeah. It's not everything I'll tell you for security purposes. So that I don't get jealous. Yeah. I mean, sometimes her birthday, I'll buy ice cream. Ice cream I'll put it in a dimple. I said, we're celebrating just one dimple today. Put the ice cream there. Ah, one is melting. I eat it from there. One is melting and it's going back. I go for God. I go and collect it myself. Clap for the Lord Jesus. If your wife doesn't have a dimple, when you are married, come and see me. I will show you places where there are dimples. Hey. Yeah. What am I saying? Bible says in Proverbs chapter 11 verse 1, a false balance is an abomination unto the Lord, but the just weight is his delight. Let's balance it well. Some of you, your spouses are not happy. Your bosses are not happy with you. You don't do the things. Your pastor is happy with you, but your bosses are not happy. No. Some of you, you are very hardworking. When it comes to church, you are very poor at it. Yeah. Some of you, you can watch video for a long time, but when it comes to prayer, within five minutes, you are asleep. Eh? You are almost like Obadiah. Obadiah. You came to the prayer meeting to sleep. So let's be proper people at combining. Clap for the Lord Jesus at combining effectively. That's a good lay worker. You're an usher, but you do very well at school. You do very well at your work. You do very well at home. Yeah. Yeah. It's a very good thing. Very good thing. I'm very close with my children. 
very close to my boss. I'm very close to my spouse. I'm even very close to my friends. When it comes to friendship, I know I'm a friend. I know I'm your friend. I would do it that one too well. Combine effect. You are a juggler. Once you sign up for lay, you sign up for spiritual things and secular things, you must satisfy them well. Clap again for the Lord Jesus. We're almost done for this session. Is it working? Is it a sweet, sweet message? The ideal lay pastor has great respect for full-time. Ideal lay worker has great respect for full-time ministry. Listen, no matter what the size of my church is, even if it's bigger than this cathedral, I cannot compare myself with Bishop Ogo or Bishop Kobe or Bishop Solo. No. They are higher. I have great respect for them. I honor them. Don't be deceived by that description. He was my senior in school. I. That's a deception. That is in the secular world. Even now, when I want counseling, I seek it from Bishop Ogu. I seek it from the full-time ministry. It is in the calling that we find our calling. All of us need to appreciate full-time ministry and support them. And Bible says, honor them highly for their work's sake. Great honor, double honor for their work's sake. So when you see a lay pastor, yes, and you see a full-time, there's a difference. We must have respect. When in First Kings chapter 3, I believe it's verse 6. Chapter 6, verse 3. Chapter 6, verse 3, I think. When God gave in Gibeah, God gave a dream to um, Solomon, asked, what should I do for you? Do for you. I think First Kings 6, verse 3. Is that correct? Huh? Or 3, verse 6. 3, verse 6. Uh-huh. Look at what Solomon's answer was. He said, thou hast showed unto thy servant. Listen, by the way, lay pastors. I'm preaching from um, lay people in the ministry, chapter 8. It's just one page. It's just one page. So, uh, are there any scriptures there? No. Every verse that has come, I've had to study it and bring it. That is how to preach the book. You do your own studying. You have your own revelation. You have your own understanding. When you're preaching, it comes alive. Yeah. You think I wrote this particular page. I'm telling you that let's, you see, God says that he will give, he will put his words in your mouth and God will be with your mouth. That anointing must carry through to actually studying in the book as well. Studying the scriptures and adding to it. Amen. So I'm just giving you a window about how to become better. Lay people, let's become better at preaching. Let's become better at spirituality. Let's become better pastors. Hallelujah. Say, I receive it. Now he said, Thou hast shown thy servant David, my father, great mercy. He said, My father, he respected the person whose calling has brought him to the forefront. He respected the full time ministry of his pastor that he had, le- had left something for him to also come and do. As he walked before thee in truth and in righteousness and in uprightness of heart with thee, and thou hast kept for him this great kindness. That you have given him a son to sit on his throne as it is this day. In verse 7. 
He said, now, Lord, thou hast made thy servant king instead of David, my father. I am but a little child. I know not how to go out or come in. Ladies and gentlemen, as lay people, when we are given rules, let's behave like King Solomon, who said, I'm a child. When it comes to ministry, I'm a child to Bishop Kobe, to Bishop Solo. They have taken the ministry to another level. God bless them. Please clap for them. Let's rise and clap for full-time ministry with honor. With honor. With honor. Amen. With honor. Thank you. You may please be seated. God bless you. Live full-time. You know? So, when you don't understand, like you saw what Aaron and Moses did, you understand what they do in secret to make our ministries work. Your action is connected. If they had not been working 24-7, there would not be an office for you to come to. There would not be a need for a cathedral. There would not be an office that you can call in. All of us are working within the context of their dedicated 24-7 service. They deserve high honor. A good lay person respects the person whose full-time ministry has covered you so that whenever you have your part-time, you can come and work because somebody has kept it together for 24 hours. Clap again for the full-time ministry. Last but one, before we go on break. The ideal lay shepherd or lay worker is sacrificial. Uh-huh. He will give up much of his rest, leisure time for the work of ministry. Sacrifice is a part of lay ministry. In fact, the two secrets behind lay ministry is wisdom and sacrifice. Wisdom and sacrifice. I think I've talked a lot about sacrifice in talking about the voluntary work. You have to sacrifice your time. You have to sacrifice. Today, look at you. Saturday, some of you could have worked, but you are here. Do you know that I could have been working? I am paid by the hour. Every hour is important. Every hour. And it's expensive. When I pick up a phone call, I'm a consultant. When they consult me, even if I pick up the phone and the line cuts, I charge for one hour. Yeah, it's recorded. Because we are paid by the hour. Yeah. We are paid in hundreds of dollars per hour. So when I pick up the phone and a patient talks to me for six minutes, it's a lot of money. I get a point. Now, you should be able to put it down for the sake of the Lord. You know something? If the Lord gives me this bag, with a sanitizer with it. Gold. A lot of money in it. Hey, I don't want to open the bag. One time at secondary school, I opened a bag, a lady's bag in the morning. I won't tell you what I saw. I will never open a lady's bag again. But you, you are my, ne- my niece, so anyway. If God gives you this bag and God cannot have it back, you are not worthy to have been given the bag in the first place. You are not the right person to have given that bag. If God gives you this bag and 
cannot take it from you. You call it a sacrifice, but really it's not. He's worthy of everything. Bible says the silver and the gold, they are his. The day that I took that second job, that paid me half. You are taking it back. Look at your beautiful face. The day that I took a job just so that I could be a pastor of where I can have a church. Look, you see the Memphis church now, by the grace of God. How nicely built it is. I would have sold it all for money when I went to Mississippi to join the white people with a lot of money. But I had to sacrifice. Look, I'm a big city guy. I lived in New York for six years. When it was time to find a new job, I wanted to stay in New York. My bishop told me, no, move out. Nobody wants to go to, you go to the south and start a church. The church has spread out. Many branches have come out of that. But it took a sacrifice. I had to sacrifice my big city. Look, all the sky, you should see Memphis. The, the roads are not even nice. It's a run, almost a rundown city. By the grace of God, Bishop came there to have a camp and came and sat in my house. What a blessing. I took a sacrifice to go down, but God has elevated me in Jesus' name. When I left that place to start a branch, it's a downgrade for some of us. But when I started, one time I was there, and then, you know, we used just the toy chairs and the computer chair to start in our living room. And people come. When I'm preaching, my wife sits down on the chair and the children sit on the toy boxes. And then when she's doing praise and worship or she's doing announcement, then I can go and sit on the computer chair. That's how we started humbly. Despise not small things. One time we had started a church like that and my, my, my son walks to me and asks me, Daddy, are you still a reverend? I said, why are you asking? He said, oh, when we were in the big church in New York, where I started in New York, when the people close, they come to you, they, you solve their problems. You are there till night. Everybody comes with their problem to you. But these people that are here, they are few and everybody goes away. They, then they go, they don't talk to you. Are you still a reverend? Are you still a reverend? I said, hey, it's hard. But it's a sacrifice. Gradually, you condescend. You come low. You become humble like a child so that God can use you again to start new things. You get transfers. They transfer me. Lay people, we should champion transfers. There are many people, when they transfer them, they feel they are being punished. I have been transferred many times. Even outside of the Kolegono Cathedral to Dansuman to a nursery school. I did not quarrel. I got a little angry with my wife for not coming to me. But that one, once it came at night and serviced me, I was okay. Hallelujah. No problem. Never quarrel about transfers. They, tra- they move you from one department to another. Even you are a leader and they tell you, no, go and be an assistant to somebody. It's a blessing. It's a blessing. It's a blessing. It's a sacrifice. Sometimes you sacrifice your status. Sometimes you sacrifice money to make it work. And finally, the ideal lay worker is very loyal. Clap for the Lord Jesus. He's very, very loyal. Very loyal. Look, the Bible says in First Corinthians chapter 4, 1 and 2, let a man so account of us as of the ministers of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. Then verse 2. Moreover, it's required in stewards that a man be found faithful. 
stewards, typical quintessential stewards are lay people. The ministry is not ours. The ministry is for honorable people like the full, but Bishop Ogo, Bishop, the Levitical priesthood. We are stewards. A steward is somebody who has given, is given authority over something that is not his own. This is not our primary role. Our primary place where we get money is our workplaces. And then we do part-time with a full-time here. Therefore, we have to be loyal stewards. We have been given um, responsibility of something that is not ours. We've been appointed to some job. Let me tell you, Jesus was like that. Hebrews chapter 3, verse 1 to 3. The Bible says, beloved, it says, you know, all of you, we must look at the apostle. Wherefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and high priest of our profession, Jesus Christ. What did he do? Who was faithful to him who appointed him? As also was faithful Moses faithful in all his house. You see that? Both old time um, wilderness church priests and New Testament priests. One classic thing that they had. Faithfulness. Loyalty. Jesus, the New Testament priest. Moses, the Old Testament priest. Both of them. One classic thing. One classic thing. Faithfulness. And who were they faithful to? They were faithful to he who appointed them. He who appointed them. Faithfulness. Ladies and gentlemen. Me, I am faithful to he who appointed me. Bishop who appointed me to become lay president here. Apostle Joe who appointed me to start a branch there. Whoever assigns me. Do you know why I'm faithful to them? Your appointment is actually the gateway to your anointment. You don't understand. I'll say it again. Anytime you are appointed to do any work in the church. The person who appointed you has loved you to set you up for an anointing. You know, because when God wanted, had anointed Moses as leader, he told Moses in Numbers 11, bring 70 people that you know, in your opinion, they are correct. Even go, even God wouldn't take them. You, Moses, choose. Numbers chapter 11 from verse 16. Choose people that in your opinion they are leaders and elders and bring them to the tabernacle of meeting. See the Lord said to Moses, gather unto these 70 men whom thou knowest to be elders of the people and officers over them. Bring them unto the tabernacle of the congregation that they may stand there with thee. Keep going. Next verse. And I will come down and talk with you Moses there and I will take the spirit which is upon full time Moses eh? and I will put it upon them and they shall bear the burden of the people with you Moses so that you don't do it by yourself do you know what happened after that when Moses by his discretion brought hair brought the 70 God took the anointing for full time ministry that is upon that's why I carried the anointing up of the bishop because he has appointed me he took the anointing and he put it upon the people who were there. Elders, oh, not priests, elders, officers. Take care of this. Take care of Ashrin. Take care of the Basenta in this area. You are our center leader here. You are center leader. The best. God anoints you with the spirit of prophecy. And Bible says they began to prophesy 
and to speak. Clap for the Lord Jesus. Why? Because once they appoint you, Moses does the appointment. God does the anointing. God does the anointing. Therefore, be grateful and be loyal to everyone who appoints you. Yeah. Don't rise up against them. And because they corrected you, they had the audacity, the grace was upon them to invite you and to appoint you. But when they correct you, you go berserk and you become funny and you become a problem. You don't understand that in the first place, they had the discretion and amongst many, they chose you. Jesus Christ, when it was time, he wanted to choose a boat in Mark chapter 5 to preach. There were two boats. He chose Peter's boat. And he stood in the boat to preach. And he told Peter, can you push me a little bit into the water so that I can see more people? Peter did not say that the audacity, you've taken my boat, I haven't, you haven't paid anything, and now you're asking me to push. He did it. Not knowing that Peter's loyalty to Jesus was a trick. Not knowing as Peter was volunteering his boat and volunteering his strength and pushing in, God was about to anoint him. God was about to use his boat. When he finished, he said, now cast your nets to the right for a bumper harvest. And Peter began, are you sure I have been a fisher for years? I've toiled all night and caught nothing. But he says something. Nevertheless, at thy word, because it's coming from you, because you were the one who appointed me, I will do as you say. Nevertheless, at thy word, I shall do it. And he cut the bump of harvest and he dragged it. He had to tell the other people with boats, come and help. And they helped. Ladies and gentlemen, he had a choice of which boats to use. He chose Peter's boat. Let me tell the man of God, they have a choice who to use. All these lay presidents that I came with, they are very powerful anointed preachers. This man went to Italy to preach. And when he was coming, not only did he get gifts, he got gifts and some were sent to me, even shoes. He must be able to preach very well to be told him to be given. But I have been appointed to be doing this preaching. I have to be loyal, faithful to he who appointed me. Don't be carnal about it. Mr. Lay person, don't be carnal about it. Let's be faithful to our pastors. Because they had a choice. And I'm going to tell you a story to conclude this session. Yeah. Let me tell you something. Me, when I was appointed a lay pastor, I did a job well. I was in America. When I was told that now they are promoting people to overseer, that's the last story, and we'll take a break. I'm talking about loyalty. I'm talking about loyalty. Maybe let me read a scripture to you first. Second Corinthians chapter eleven, verse twenty-eight and twenty-nine. Paul was saying, apart from everything besides those things that are without, the things which come upon me daily, the care of all the churches. I leave this with you as we break this session. Care for the churches. Have a very great heart, Mr. Lake Sweeper, Lake Cleaner, for the church. Care. Have a self, I mean, ownership mentality. This is my church. 
You can't come and spoil it. You can't come and do this. You can't come and change the arrangements here and do this. Besides those things, besides all your issues, the things that I come for me daily, I deeply care about the church. I do, sincerely. You must. When you care for the church, God will care deeply for you as well. And it, with that comes certain things. The next verse, watch this. Who is weak and I'm not? You're tired? You're weak? Everybody who serves as a lay person, one way or another. I'm so, so tired. You can see I'm sweating. Who's weak and I'm not? And it says, who is offended? And I am not burning with offense. You think you will not be offended? Offenses will come. Always. Once you are dealing with human beings, you will be offended. But the lay person must have this. I care about the church. One time, I was with a church member and then he misbehaved towards my wife. I was not there. Shepherd sent me text. When I came to the church, I faced the guy squarely, openly, like the same way she disgraced my wife, disrespected openly. I dealt with him. He was quiet. He was quiet. I said, you can't do that to my wife. You can't do that to the pastors. And he left. Came again. He became quiet and passive. One day, he called me to an elders meeting. by One of our elders. At a, what's it called? A breakfast place. Sat down. He was boiling with anger. Angry, shouting, nearly beating me up physically. But for the elder, then he explained that the way I talked to him, this, this, this. So we explained, we trashed everything out nicely. Then when I finished, I said, I didn't know you were this angry. So yes. And I asked him, if you were this angry, how come you did not beat me up or even explode at the meeting? You know what he told me? He said, Pastor, you and I have built this church from scratch. We have worked hard. Even if I am offended, I must control myself for the sake of the church. Because of the care for the church, I will not do anything that will destroy the church. If I'm offended, I can deal with it outside the church between you and I. But what has the church members done? What has the body of Christ done? If I destroy the church by, because I'm offended, it's not good. So I'd rather be angry and pastor you and I can talk. But the church must stand. Clap for the Lord Jesus. That's maturity. I'm talking about a lay person who cares deeply about the church in spite of anything else. He's offended, but he will still have the church at heart. I don't know what offense that you have, but here I am. My story is this, that I was invited to come to what we call shuffling conference, conference of leaders, where before you become an overseer, you have to get to that conference. Ladies and gentlemen, when they called me, my bishop was in Ghana and the conference was in two weeks. I was not initially considered. But when they had their meeting, they said, consider Kojo. So they called me that I should come in two weeks for the meeting so that I would be with a shuffling conference and become an overseer in North America. I said, it's good, but I've already bought ticket for five weeks time because my father's death was one year old and the, the elders had set up that date. I bought tickets. The meeting is on. The posters have gone out and they told me I should negotiate with them to change the date to do it in two weeks time. I said, this is tough. Somebody gave me a trick that, look, give them some money, a few dollars, they will change everything. So I did and they changed everything to two weeks time. 
clap for Jesus. So now I changed my ticket. It cost me something. And I came for the shuffling conference. And I told my bishop then that, you know, when it comes the Saturday, I have to change because of what we discussed. I have to go for that, my father's one-year anniversary. She said, oh, no problem. When you come, we'll discuss it. So I came. We had the conference. We had the shuffling conference. It was nice, powerful. People were sitting on the red chair, interrogation. People were crying. Hey, Reverend Duke, you remember? Shuffling. Finally, Friday came. And nobody was talking about my... Meanwhile, the anniversary was the following day, Saturday. So I went to the shuffling. Uh, I went to my pastor, my bishop. Bishop, so what's the plan? I have to go to Cape Coast tomorrow. And he said, I should go and talk to the shuffling conference chairman. So I want to talk to Bishop Richard. I have to go. Oh, then he said, oh, tomorrow, tomorrow is the biggest day. That's the day that the finalization of everything, Bishop himself is coming everybody's that's when we actually make I said oh but I discussed with this then he told me okay we'll talk about it later wow I said this one I have to go so you know I put my own trick and I decided I'm going to go so that evening I said I won't go on Saturday so that I can go quickly that Friday night I'll come and nobody would even know that I had gone to Cape Coast so I took things upon myself. My wife told me, don't go. I said, no, no, I've got to go. I've got to go. You know, if I argue too much, you go and report. So I just did it slowly, softly. And I took STC. And I went to Cape Coast. Ladies and gentlemen, you know how it is. You come from America. Everybody wants to see you. And uh, we did, the following morning was the occasion. I tried to do it early. The elders slept Oh, 8 o'clock, nobody was there. 9 o'clock, nobody was there. I thought I'll be back. We'll do it maybe at 6 a.m. and I'll go. I tell you, I was... Then I started receiving texts from my wife that there's trouble. There's trouble. There's trouble. I said, what is the trouble? I tell you. Then finally, they finished everything. It was almost 11. So when I took off, I came in the afternoon. Not knowing, my wife was telling me. Immediately, Bishop came. You know how Bishop comes? He has his black trousers and shoes. Yeah. And then he comes, he puts his hands there like that. And then, you know, aha, uh-huh. yeah, yeah. You know, puts himself. Oh, he goes this way. You know, uh-huh. a little bit. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? And then he was there. He said, they said, when he came there, he scanned through the people. First and where's Koju? If there's any day to find Kojo, today is a bad day. Today is a Mr. Bishop man. Today is a bad day. Ah, where is Kojo? You shall say, where is BDR or something? Where is uh, uh, Kobe? Where's Kojo? That was when the trouble started. And my wife started. Where's BDR? I hear the whole meeting changed. Now, they were rather talking about what you call ecclesiastical veneration. Rudeness and disrespect to the highest office in the church. When bishops council have met and they've invited you, Mr. Layperson, they want to honor you to be an overseer. This is how you mistreat and disrespect. The whole meeting changed. Now, they started formulating, changing the constitution of the church to, to be able to punish people like me who disrespect the conference of people. The whole meeting changed. 
And now they started amendment of the church constitution. Anytime you hear that clause change in the constitution, if you become a full-time or a, and you hear ecclesiastical veneration, I am the founder. I'm the founder. I am the founder of that bad clause. Look, the meeting changed. Everything had become funny. And so I arrived sometime in the afternoon. You know when I arrived, what happened? My wife texted me, don't come in now. Because it is hot here. Do not even try. So I stayed outside there. And I waited till I saw a few people coming. When the people came and passed, when they saw me here, they moved here. You know the Samaritan woman? The, Samaritan, the good Samaritan. When came, the priest came and they went to the other side. Hey! I said, what is happening? Everybody passed by or behaved as if they hadn't seen me. And eventually, as people trickled in, I gathered boldness to go in. Look, when I was going in, I felt like I had COVID. Everybody was social distancing from me. It's like I had leprosy. And walk, hey, it's like the leper has come and clean. I tell you, then I gingerly walked to Bishop. He was there. Say, hey, Kojo, you are here. Say, yeah, Bishop, sheepish. I say, yeah, Bishop, I'm here. As if I didn't know what. Yeah, Bishop, I um, I know that I went. I'm sorry. Ah, uh, well, talk to the chairman. Talk to the chairman. And he just walked. Then I went to Bishop Richard. Kojo, where did you go? I said, oh, this, this. You remember when I told you? But I told you that I'll talk to you later. Yeah, but you know. Okay, we'll talk about it next session. You go. You come to the next session. When I came to the next session, there was a red chair in the center. I was put in the red chair. Look. Questions flying here. Flying there. Flying there. This, this, this. I felt really beaten down. I felt offended. I felt devastated. I felt abused. I felt insulted. What are the other words? Harassed. Condemned. What? Put down. Discouraged. And they explained to me that, you know, this is disrespectful. They asked, and they asked why did I go? I said, oh, I thought I would leave so that in the afternoon when Bishop would come, then I'll be there. Then Bishop Sackett snapped. So every one of the bishops who are here, we are fools. It's only when Bishop comes that wise people come. You are insulting us as well. And I kept quiet. Then I said, okay, I'm sorry. Then I said, it was because my father had died. And somebody asked me, when did your father die? I said, I nearly lied that it was yesterday. Then I, that's all, because it looks like that's the only thing that will help me. Then I said a year ago, I said, ah. And then somebody snapped that, well, just for information, my mother collapsed yesterday. And I called the nurses and the doctors. And then when the conference finished, I went. So you could have done the same thing. So my case was foolish again. Every excuse I gave, there was a rebutter. Eventually they said, well, we want you to know, because of you, ecclesiastical veneration clause has come. To treat people like you who come. 
check it that you never came for the conference. Go back. You cannot be because you've missed a chunk the conference. You cannot be an overseer. Erase every conference that you came. You went to your father's thing. Good. No problem. This is a foolish thing that we are doing here. It doesn't matter. Go. You can go back to Cape Coast. You will not be an overseer. You will not be in this. Ladies and gentlemen, I smiled sheepishly. I put my tail in between my legs and I walked COVID walking. <laughs> social distancing from everyone. Not even my wife was looking at me. I went and I sat down. It took about one hour before the conference was over in the night. A lot of things were occurring to me. A lot of things. When you are offended, the kind of things that occur to you, do you remember? Things were occurring to me. Look at how. Is that a church? What are some of the things that occur to you? I am going to my Roman. Yes. And what is it? Is this love? Yes. What are some of the things that... Is this a family? Yes. Uh-huh. Listen, listen. I brought my own self. I'm taking my own self back to my America. Yes. What else? I thought you were a father. Is that how fathers treat children? Say the things that when you're offending occur to you. Please help me. They don't care. Uh-huh. This church, they don't care about me. Yes. I'm going to my mother church. What else? Yes. Ah, they are not even paying me. What's the big deal? Let me go to my Roman. They are not even paying me. I paid my way here. I'm paying my way back. Yes? They don't see my effort. They don't appreciate my effort. Yes? What else? I'm saying the things. Let's say the things that occur to us when we are offended. Listen, say, say more. They don't understand. Is that how a church behaves? That's why people have left the church. One person said, that's why people have left the church. Ladies and gentlemen, is that how Jesus treated the disciples? (laughs) <laughs> yes, yes. Eh? Yo, they say, someone said, all they know is to use you. Hey. Yes. Yes. All these things, when they start occurring to you, Satan has entered you, I tell you. Bible says, no man speaking by the Spirit of God, call it Jesus accursed. The body of Christ. When you start pointing fingers at the church, that church, this is how they behave. This is how they, is that how Satan has, you are outside of the body of Christ. I'm telling you. I didn't know this till it occurred to me. Ladies and gentlemen, you have been offended. I have been offended more. And I had left the church in my house, in my heart. Many of us, when we are corrected and rebuked, we leave the church. We are full of bitterness. Full of bitterness. And these are the words that come to us. I am narrating it to you because how many have been there before that you felt that offended and things occurred to you? Don't, 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 don't pretend. So do you know what happened? You know, the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 15, lest you fail of the grace of God. There are people who fail. The grace is divine help doesn't come. You are failed. Lest the root of bitterness springing up trouble you and thereby many be defiled. When you are bitter, root of bitterness comes, it troubles you. It destroys you. Look at these people. Bitterness from correction. Look at what has happened. Now they are insulting their father and the church 
on open a guiding unbelievers to now write about the church. They have sold the church and their pastors who appointed them, who raised them, who trained them, who helped them out. Then they are presenting us. Now the world is speaking evil about us. That is how things happen when you're offended. When my wife finally came out, I was in the car. She sat inside. She said no word. She said no word to me. We drove for a while. I was going to Spinter's Road. I also said nothing. I was expecting her to open her mouth and to tell me, my darling, I know what you're going through. Don't worry. And maybe we'll put out her, if it doesn't have a handkerchief, we'll use her cloth. Oh, let me wipe away your tears. Give me a few pecks here and there. And to- tell me, I understand you. I don't worry. If you are, and don't mind them. We are going to America, okay? I expected that. My wife was quiet. So after some 30 minutes or 20 minutes of silence, I turned to her. Now I didn't know what she was thinking anymore. She wasn't crying. She wasn't smiling. I said, what do you think about what they did to me? Then she looked at me, squeezed her face, and she asked me, who are the people you are calling they? Hey, that's the day I understood North Wind. North Wind. When somebody speaks against the church, against your pastor, how to behave, I learned that from her face. As the North Wind drives away the clouds, I mean, so a backbiting mouth drives away uh, what? Uh, 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 so, so there's an angry countenance, a backbiting tongue. I was biting the pastor's back in my car. Look at they. What do you think about what they did? She asked me, who are the people you are referring to they? I said, of course, I'm referring to the pastors. I said, she told me, you are referring to them as they, to the pastors as they. He said, I don't, I don't agree with you on that. I, I, don't, I don't think you are right in that statement. Hey, she faced me she faced me squarely and she told me if they are your fathers then accept their correction as coming from their heart he said people who don't care about you will never correct you hey at that point i started looking i look up to the hills from where come in my help i said lord right now even my wife too has forsaken me hey too brute i said lord these people, they are all, including my wife, they are corrupted. Please, let's talk. When I get home, I'll talk to you. I don't even want to hear, say anything to this, my wife. That's when I realized that my wife was also not happy with me. Hey, when I got home, I slept towards the wall. She slept towards the door, back to back. What did you say? Huh? Tunisia. What does it mean? Uh, Tunisia. Oh! <laughs> Is that what Tunisia means? Please, pretend you didn't hear and clap for the Lord. <laughs> Is that Tunisia? It means Tunisia. <laughs> I tell you, ladies and gentlemen, we slept at Tunisia the whole night. Without visas. 
you know, I was crying inside. The only thing is Berman soon, so I didn't let her see. But around 2 a.m., I got up full of tears. And I knelt down. And I cried out to the Lord. I said, Lord, look at what your people have done to me. Is that how pastors should behave? Is that how wives should behave? Is that how Christians should behave? Lord, I know that you, you, you alone understand my heart. You know my heart. They don't know my heart. They're all wrong and you, you know. Lord, please, you deal with the situation. Judge yourself. You are the righteous judge. Help me. And I started crying. Ladies and gentlemen, as I was crying, and I said, Lord, help me. A hand touched my shoulder three times. And I heard the voice of the Holy Spirit. I've heard it literally twice in my life, maybe three times. Audibly. Mention my name. That my name that my wife uses, intimate people call me. Only a few people call me that. He mentioned, say, brother, say, example, brother K, or K, 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 three times. And I heard the voice of the Holy Spirit. Do you want to hear what the Holy Spirit said? When you are offended, you must remember this statement. He said, do you want to be right or you want to be blessed? Choose. I will never forget that statement. Do you want to be right or you want to be blessed? Today, you choose. I don't want to be right. I want to be blessed. Oh, Holy Spirit. I want to be blessed. I want to be blessed. I don't need to be right. Ladies and gentlemen, immediately I told myself, it doesn't matter. You know, sometimes, Bible says in Proverbs 20 verse 6, every man declares himself his own goodness, but the faithful man who can find. When you're offended, usually, you are so right. You know, one of the highest levels of pride is self-righteousness. When you feel you are so right, often you are very proud that nobody can tell you you are wrong. When you get to that place, you are being destroyed. The Bible says in Ecclesiastes chapter 7 verse 16, why be overmatch righteous or righteous overmatch why are you too wise of a match? Why destroy thou your life? Be not righteous of a match. Neither make thyself over wise. Why should you destroy yourself? I tell you, sometimes your mind is getting destroyed. You are so right. You are so entrenched in your stand. Meanwhile, your behavior is destroying your marriage. But you want to stay right, even though your marriage is getting spoiled. You want to stay right, even though you are losing money. You want to continue to be right even though you are losing your ministry. That was what was happening to me. My future was being destroyed. My ministry was being destroyed. But I chose to stay that I am right. It doesn't matter. I was going to my America, to my mother church. I was leaving. I don't care whatever they think. Often, when that is happening to you, my darling, you are being destroyed by pride. Let me tell you, anybody... Before you are promoted, God will test you. God will test you. 
God will test you. God, even if you are called Jesus Christ, after he come 40 days and 40 nights in the wilderness, full of the spirit, led to the wilderness to be tempted. The tester came. Not knowing God was testing me for a promotion. Today, if I had succumbed, I would not have become an overseer. I would not have risen up. You would not have such nice preaching coming to you like this. Calling me chairman, calling me this, calling me convener. You will not, I would never have been in this position. All this was in the womb of my response to that offense. Some of you here have destroyed many things. Because you offended, you felt so wrong. Some of you have lost marriages, have lost jobs, have lost opportunities. And here you are. Let this be your last time. Let me tell you, when anybody is offended, don't speak to offended people. It's the wrong thing to do. Never speak to offended people when you're offended. You will never get anything good. That was what happened to Absalom in I, 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 it's, uh, Second Samuel, First Samuel chapter 15. Is that First Samuel, Second Samuel? Chapter 15, I believe verse 11. The Bible says, you know, do you know that Absalom actually went and stood at the gates and everybody who had an offense, then he would kiss their hand and speak to them. Oh, your issues are justifiable, but there's no man deputized of the king to deal with your issues. If only I was king, I would help you. And Bible says by this, he actually led people in their simplicity who knew nothing. Yeah. And Absalom went with 200 men out of Jerusalem that were called and they went in their simplicity and they knew nothing. These people, he stood at the gates, people who had issues. When he had an issue, he spoke to people with issues. That's how Absalom became Absalom. He degenerated. He multiplied offense with offense. When you speak to offended people when you are offended, you multiply your offense. They give you strength to misbehave and to lose your position. Ladies and gentlemen, never speak to... My father told me once, whenever you're angry, you're frustrated, you're offended, your half of your brain is not working. And he told me, borrow a brain. And I want to add, borrow a good one. Clap for the Lord Jesus. Borrow a good one. Borrow a good one. Thank God my wife was a good brain. Thank God. Never speak to... And any of you, when somebody is offended with the church, with their pastor, with somebody, especially with the church, and comes to talk to you about their issues, you may be their last chance of restoration even if you agree with them or you understand them that's not the time to reinforce their stand of evil yeah because God sent them to you for a reason be a savior to them rescue them my wife it was later that I found out that he understood all the discussions that I had had with my pastor about coming, she was privy to it. So she knew where I stood. But she also did not agree with the fact that I disrespected them. But at that time, that was not the time to say, I agree with you that you have a point, but there's another point. She told me point blank that it was wrong, my behavior. I was rude and disrespectful. And she did that to save me. 
may you be a savior to somebody who's offended. Not somebody who provokes to worse offenses. Especially in these times. Sometimes when you look at some of the things that some of these people are writing on Facebook and things, you can easily say, ah, that's how I felt. The people that have left the church in this era, it is because it has gone on. Sin has added to sin. And instead of speaking to somebody who is a proper person, they have gone to corrupt minds. And people have withdrawn and they've lost their position. I think there's a scripture in Deuteronomy chapter 30, is it verse 19 or something, or 15, that says that I put before you life and death. You know, yeah. I mean, uh, 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 blessing and cursing, choose. And he said, I counsel you to choose life. Do and your seed. I counsel you to choose life. Ladies and gentlemen, that's what I will tell you. This is my story. Remember this. Do you want to be right or you want to be blessed? Choose. I decided to choose blessing. And since that time, I chose the blessing and I went back. Immediately, I woke my wife up at night and I said, I've had a revelation from the Holy Spirit. I cannot be right. I am wrong. I want the blessing. I want to be blessed. Help me to be blessed. I told my wife, I want you and I to go. Help me to go and beg Bishop and to say, I am sorry. I am sorry. I am sorry. Please restore me. And she said, I will help you. We sat in the morning, took a shower. I drove to the Kodesh where we were having the meeting. I was going to Bishop's office, but she had, he had not arrived. As I entered the Shafrin conference area, I got a phone call. You won't believe it. The phone call came from Bishop Richard, the chairman of the Shafrin conference. He said, prophet just called him. I don't know what came to his heart. But Bible says, God resists the proud, but giveth grace to the humble. To the humble. Not knowing the humility of going to apologize as a child had drawn grace from on high. God had also spoken to Bishop Dark in his chambers. Bishop Dark had made a phone call to the chairman of the shuffling. He said, restore that boy. Restore that boy. Let God deal with your situation for you. Let God be right and all others be liars. Let God be right. Whatever it is, choose the Bible says in James chapter 1 verse 20, the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. When you're angry, your anger will never do the right thing. Never. 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 What you choose as right will never be right by God's standards. In your anger, right will never be right by God's standard. Right standing by God is what is righteous. The wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. Always borrow a good brain when you are overwhelmed with emotion. Can you imagine if I hadn't done that? I would be depraved. I would have gone back into the world, perhaps backslidden. I didn't see this blessing. Today, almost everything I'm wearing is given by church members. Almost everything, including my watch, 
Even my ring. It's a gift. That's the blessing. That's a blessing. Even congregation, beautiful congregation like you, it's a blessing to even speak. God was testing me. Bible says, count it all joy when you are faced with various diverse trials for the trial of your faith worker patience. Let patience have her perfect work that you may be entire, complete, wanting nothing. Yeah. Be tried. May you win. You know what happens when you're faced with a temptation and you let the devil win? You go the devil's way. It's a temptation. When it brings you promotion, you win. It's a trial from God. God never tempts anybody but our own. These, these, I would say these be they who separate themselves, who lose and sit. They are sensual, having not the spirit. Jude verse 19. These, 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 these be they who separate themselves. These are the things that separate us from the church that have caused many people to leave the church. I was on the verge of leaving. If I can leave, perhaps it's okay to you before. Perhaps I came to share my story with you. I came to share my dream and my vision and my speakings by the Holy Spirit so that you also, when you're offended by your pastor, by the church, by a message, by something, is God testing you. Your promotion is very close whenever you are tried. Even if you are Jesus Christ, Jesus had to be tried. And you will be tried as well. I pray that you will win. I pray that Mr. Layperson, whether you're an usher, whether you're a pastor, whether you are a singer, whoever you are, don't count your skill as something to look upon. That they need me. You need the church. Bible says, we, they without us are not made perfect. You need the church. You are my brother. You are my sister. Together, we win. Iron sharpens iron. Please, don't be too right that you destroy your own blessing. Do you want to be right or you want to be blessed? Choose. Put your hands together for Jesus. <laughs> Hallelujah. Well, we finished this session. And I believe that God has spoken to us. I will talk to you about a very common curse that you should never go home without being freed from that curse. A very common curse. In the next session, the last session, don't go anywhere because you may be walking away with a curse. I will talk to you about a common curse, about the greatest thing that's of value to you that God wants from your heart. You will never be the same again. I counsel you don't leave because some of you are thinking we're giving you lunch but the lunch may become perpetual don't because that is going to i'm telling you honestly it's a very common curse everywhere i've gone it has delivered countless numbers of people and i have a feeling that god brought me here for you as well in jesus name put your hands together for jesus well so next session before we go I believe that we need to take a good offering. A good offering. Take out a good offering. A seed. Remember, I just told you that your money is an extension of your calling. Today, exercise that faith. 
Exercise that faith. I'm telling you, I gave my biggest offering. I lost a job. Still, these lay presidents, they laugh at me. Do you know why they laugh at me? About that thing that and they say. What, what do you say? Whenever I said I lost a job, what do you say? If it's so, did they lose job. You see? They say, if it's so, did they lose job. If they said that if that's how to lose it, they also want to all lose their jobs. Because ever since I lost the job, they say I become more prosperous than when I had the job that was permanent. And actually, that time when I lost the job, I got a, 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 amazingly, that was when I got some windfall to go. I traveled to Greece and to Italy while I had lost a job. And so they also, all say that this one day, it's a fake loss of job. May God give you a fake loss of job. That when you lose a job, it's actually a promotion. Only that you don't know it until you travel and come and you start the next job. May that be your portion. May you sow a seed into that grace. Into that grace this afternoon. A seed that registers you as God. God has a covenant with you. He said that, remember the Lord your God. For it is he who gives you power to get wealth. That he may establish his covenant. Which he has with your fathers. Which is the case as of now. I want you to have faith to sow into this covenant that God, this seed is registering me that I'm part of your covenant with Bishop Dark to build churches. That this is an initial seed. I am part of the people. And give me that job. Give me that promotion. Even give me that loss of job that will ensure that new job. In the name of Jesus. I believe it. Father, that grace that you gave me, give to everyone whose seed is coming into this offering basket to join that covenant and prove yourself strong on their behalf in Jesus' name. Amen. Lift up your offering. Lift up that, that's whatever you are giving it on um, phone or Momo or whatever it is. Father, I pray, may this device bring only good news. May this hand be blessed. Your word says you bless Job's hands, the works of his hands and his goods increased upon the land. Let that be the portion of your people as they come forward to give their seed. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Come and put your offering inside. Even if you are using Momo, your phone, touch the offering basket with your thing. Father, bless your people. Anoint them. Prove your word. Prove yourself righteous on their behalf. In the name of Jesus Christ. What a blessing. Covenant-keeping God will be your portion. I can't wait for the next session, the last session, which will be a blessed session, an anointed session in Jesus' name. What a blessing. Father, bless your people. Anoint your people. Be gracious to your people. Covenant with your people. Covenant with your people. Covenant with your people. Covenant with your people, Lord. Covenant with your people, Lord. Covenant with your people, Lord. Let them see the power of volunteering. The power of the laity, the power, the spirituality of money, the power of the seed. So long as the earth remains, seed time and harvest shall never cease. Thank you that every seed is being converted into a great harvest in Jesus Christ's mighty name. Wow, what a blessing. Clap for yourselves, clap for yourselves, clap for your new promotion, clap for your new level. Hi, how are you? Levels. Levels of grace. Hallelujah. Well, I don't know what the arrangement is, but I'm going to 
hand over to Bishop. Let's welcome Bishop Kobe to give us the plan. Then we'll be back. Why don't you clap your hands properly? Clap your hands properly. A very big hand clap for the Lord. What a blessing. What a blessing. What a church. Oh, yeah. I could listen to Reverend Kojo the whole day and the whole night, I'm telling you. Clap your hands for him again. And clap your hands for our father, Bishop Daghiot Mills, who has sent him to us. Who has sent him to us. You know, I, I never doubted that he was a good preacher, but as he b- began to speak, the first thought that came into my mind was, this is why the father has sent him. Yeah, because not only did he preach to us, but he has a story. His life is a story for us. And that's the most powerful testimony anybody can give. Yeah. And I don't know, but if we go for break and you don't come back, I, I don't know the type of person you are. Uh, I, I don't know the type of person you are. I've had one hour sleep as I'm standing here since say, Thursday or say, Friday, but I'm enjoying it. Yeah, I'm enjoying it. If you are feeling tired, stand to your feet like I stand to my feet. But what the things he's saying, they are very powerful. I don't know when you will hear it again and from where. Uh-huh. So if we close and you walk out of the gate, you know, always there are people who are not meant to do well. It's possible. Like, maybe, they, you know, people, they go to school, they sat in their classroom, they've done extra classes, their father has bought them more textbooks than everybody else, they bought them more shoes, everything, still, when we write the exam, they come last. Maybe you're one of those people. Maybe you're one of those people. So, you'll be looking at the guy, tell if I had this guy's textbook, they will go blow the mats, eh? But he has a textbook and nothing is happening. So, maybe you're one of those people, you're just not meant to do it. Because after what we've heard... <laughs> And we go on break and you've left. Oh, to be so sad. 